British ballet conductor Paul Hoskins will conduct the orchestra of composer Aram Kachachurian's original score. Conducting for dance is one of the things that I do and it's quite a speciality because you know the needs of the dancers are quite particular and take quite a long time to understand and to learn and when to worry about the dancers feeling pushed or feeling kind of pulled out because there's too much movement not enough music or the other way around and just how to read the body language of the dancer really. Hoskins has also been mentoring young South African conductors. One of them is Brandon Phillips of the Cape Philomena. Orchestra. It's my first ballet experience, basically conducting a ballet and working with Paul Hoskins has been, you know, he's been teaching me a lot about ballet and the steps and conducting on stage and etc. A Spartacus of Africa will be running at the Joburg Theatre in Johannesburg until the 14th of June, after which it travels to Cape Town's Artscape from the 27th. I'm Michelle Constant. This feature was produced by Monique Stunder and you can email me on create at barsa.co.za. Create. Proudly brought to you by Business and Arts South Africa, creating new opportunities for business arts partnerships. Email create at baza.co.za. Thanks so much to the team for putting together today's production. It's Mabu Buluka, Tiswa Hangwe Nemanashe, our technical producer, Mark Prella, our senior producers, Evelyn Tongwane, at the World Economic Forum in Cape Town, Tlengiwa Mabaso, and chief producer, Budzi Lakoto. Our executive producers, Aubrey Sechi and Krivani Pillay, undoubtedly have a fantastic afternoon. I'll leave you in the company of Zodbo McQuenna with your one o'clock news, and then it's over to Shadow Twala with Otherwise. Take care. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Thanks, Darshan. Top stories at one. Petrol station cordoned off after explosion kills nearly 100 in Ghana and former FIFA vice president denies bribe money. Good afternoon. Police in Ghana have cordoned off a petrol station in the capital, Accra, and are still trying to establish the number of victims of a fire that took place last night. The explosion is known to have killed at least 96 people. Many of the victims reportedly sought shelter from torrential rain last night. The BBC's Sammy Darko reports. Rescue mission is still underway in many parts of the capital city. At the Nkrumah Circle, where fire gutted a filling station, there is a search for more bodies. It has been a day of torment for many in Accra. Hundreds were trapped in their offices. A man who called into a local FM station said he had placed his children on top of his wardrobe as his room was flooded. Former FIFA Vice President Jack Warner has refuted allegations that South Africa gave him a 120 million rand bribe to secure the hosting of the 2010 Soccer World Cup. Warner made the comments in a television broadcast in Trinidad. You are rushed to write. It's not true. South Africa didn't give me any 10 million dollars bribe. Didn't give me any bribe. Blatter didn't give me any bribe. And a guy today, Mark Basson, asked me some foolish questions. Right? I say, not tonight. Because at the end of the day, they rush to print because each media wants to do the other. And they write nonsense. State prosecutor in the bail application of Christopher Panayatu, Marius Stander, says the state stands by affidavits of investigating officer Reynard Swanepoel that Panayatu is a flight risk. Stander confirmed a deal was made with co-accused Lutando Suri to turn state witness. Panayatu is accused of masterminding the abduction of his wife Jade, whose body was found near Uton Hague in the Eastern Cape in April. Jade Lee Pulser has more. The state's Maria Stander says that they have four witnesses to bring before the court, being Paniotu's lover, Chanel Kutz, Jade's friend, Lutamba Sioli, and Sioli's girlfriend. The state says their case is watertight as Sioli's girlfriend implicates Paniotu in the handing over of the money. State witness Alice Manana says she was shot and wounded a month after she was allegedly assaulted by suspended crime intelligence boss Richard Mbluli and co-accused Mtembeni Mtunzi. Manana is the second state witness in the kidnapping and intimidation trial in the High Court in Johannesburg. Mbluli and Mtunzi are facing 12 charges in connection with the murder of Oba Ramukhibe in 1999. Pearl Maguban reports.
Ellis Manana is friends with Tidi Butelezi, who is the former girlfriend of Mtuli. Manana has told the court that she was assaulted by Mtuli and Mtunzi in September 1998 when they were looking for Butelezi. She says a month later she was shot and was in hospital for three months. She only went to the police station in January the following year and told the police she saw Mtuli's car the day she was shot. She is testifying under witness protection. The trial continues. SABC News. Mining magnate Patrice Mutsibe has condemned the recent xenophobic attacks, growing perceptions of corruption and Burundi's president Pierre Nkurunziza's attempt of a third term. Mutsibe was speaking at the World Economic Forum on Africa underway in Cape Town. Mutsibe has warned that while Africa is seeing an increase in foreign direct investment, it should continue to be vigilant against a climate not conducive for investment. Perceptions about corruption in Africa is increasing in certain areas. There should be a zero tolerance as far as corruption is concerned. Xenophobia, South Africa in particular. Our future is inextricably intertwined with the future of the continent. We have to be a country that welcomes and creates a, a dispensation that allows all Africans and people from all over the world to do well. So uh, we, we have to do a bit of hard talk. There's, in some areas, the uprisings in uh, Burundi, it is important that we recognize the confidence we have in the people, the democracy in the continent. Widespread power outages and road closures have hit the Southern Cape and Little Karoo following heavy rain. The Mering Spurt Pass near Otsuren has been closed due to floods while several other roads in the region are submerged. Spokesperson for the George Municipality, Chantal Edwards-Closer, says electrical engineers have been dispatched to try to restore power to affected areas. Recapping the top story, police in Ghana have cordoned off a petrol station in the capital Accra and are still trying to establish the number of victims of a fire that took place last night. For SAFM News, I'm Zoda Mugwena. Otherwise, on SAFM. A very good day to you, Mzansi. Welcome to Otherwise on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Shadow Twala. Hazel Makuzeni is the producer of the show, and Lonobafani is our technical producer for today. Our contact details are 0892102010. Email otherwise at safm.co.za. Tweets at otherwise safm or at Shadow Twala. We catch up with Patrick San Francisco, who's a healer from Goa and chairperson of the Samapan Foundation, about the initiatives in South Africa and some of the programs he will be doing in South Africa during his visit. Then Vanessa Perumal of JT Communications explains how South African youth is using a school assignment to trace and support heritage in nation building in remembering Dolly Ratebe. And finally, after it's been introduced and understood the importance of morning pages, we find out more from Catherine Eden, who gives workshops on journal writing for personal growth. And today, because our program is so jam-packed, we won't have a, a lunch bite, but we'll come back after this and talk to Patrick. The winter nights in Grahamstown will be getting a whole lot hotter in July when the Standard Bank Jazz Festival returns featuring artists from 15 countries. With SAFM as the official radio partner, you won't miss a second of the best live jazz to take the stage this year. Featuring Lionel Lueke, the Stockholm Jazz Orchestra, Standard Bank Young Artist Nduduzo Makatini, Ray Piri, Wittenberg and Oliver Mdukudi. Make sure you book now at nationalartsfestival.co.za and join SAFM in Grahamstown from the 2nd to the 11th of July for the Standard Bank Jazz Festival. Are you a sports fanatic? Are you business-oriented and strategically inclined? Can you develop and formulate strategic and planning matters of the sport division at SABC? If so, SABC is looking for candidates with your skills to advise the head of sport with executive duties in line with SABC's corporate goals. Applicants must have a degree in sport management or relevant degree with a minimum of five to ten years managerial experience, especially in a broadcasting environment. Preference will be given to candidates from designated groups in terms of Employment Equity Act and the SABC's Employment Equity Initiatives. Applications should be submitted with a concise CV to the HR Group Services, 26th Floor Radio Park Building, or email groupvacancies at sabc.co.za. And the closing date is the 5th of June, and that's tomorrow, folks, 2015, at 12 midday. 
Otherwise on SAFM. My guest is Patrick San Francisco. I, I love the fact that you come and stop by here every time you are in South Africa. Um, he's the healer from Goa, and he's the founder of the Light Movement, a unique form of healing and meditation focusing on the world around us. He also serves as chairperson of the Samapan Foundation, and they do some projects in South Africa. He'll talk to us about that. Welcome, Patrick. Thank you, Shadow. It's, it's great to be back again. Well, you, I told you you must move here. I think it will <laughs> make better sense because your work will be quicker and faster if you live in South Africa, at least until the projects are done. The projects will never get done. They're going to go on and on and on. Well, well, the, the initial ones, I think, will, will, will need you around them. And the rest, you know, we'll get people, other people to take them over. Um, volunteers especially. And I, I, I want to talk about that very seriously. We don't have a culture of volunteering in, in South Africa. And I think in a lot of uh, African countries and on the continent, not as much as we see coming from other parts of the world. How do we encourage people to volunteer? Well, we had the same problem in India. It's not they don't have a volunteer culture there. But when I do healing and people get cured, they come back and say, how can I say thank you? So I say then volunteer. Oh, wonderful. So it's tit for tat, right? Yes. Let's go back to your healing. Some people may not have heard us talk to you before. Um, what, what sort of healing? Because when we talk about healing, people think I take a tablet and get healed. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it just evokes so many things in one's mind. What are we talking about when you talk about your healing? See, when you talk about taking a tablet, it's not getting healed, it's getting cured. Ah. Healing is something which is more holistic. It's complete. We work right to the very cause, not just the symptom. We go down to the root cause, which is usually emotional or psychological, and be cured from that point of view. And so then there's no more symptom. So healing is more complete. And it's permanent. Yes. We say doctors cure, God heals. <laughs> and and how do you do your healing? Because I know you see a lot of people while you're here and you you, you have workshops with people. Uh, do you transfer your healing abilities to other people? Uh, is it possible at all? Or do you always have to be present in that healing process? Well, actually, everybody has the healing energies flowing through them. They just don't use it. All I do is awaken them to those energies. They're in the cosmos all around us. They're flowing through you. When you hurt your hand, you rub your hand. It feels better that you're transferring good energy from your hand to the hurt area. So at any given time, you're healing yourself. So all I do is awaken you to these things and make, maybe make you a little more skillful in that and make you more aware of it, and that's about all I do. Patrick, you make it sound so easy. and You, must, you must know that it's, it's, it's harder than that. You see, man's basic concept is that something good must be complex. But the universe, actually, the essence of the universe is simplicity. And it is very simple. So it's all about simplicity. It's very, very easy for everyone to do it for themselves. You're doing it. A small child cuts his finger, he puts it in his mouth. No one has taught him that saliva contains antiseptic. He just knows it inherently. Mm -hmm. So it's within us. And it's so simple. So when, when do we start practicing that? Oh, and how do we reverse our... our what I call domestication, if you like, because it's we've been like trained. It's like a conditioning. Mm. We have been conditioned to go to a doctor, take your medicine. So all I do is it's a question of undoing, dismantling that, reconditioning you back to the primary form of healing, which is allowing the cosmic energy to flow through you and heal you. The divine is the best doctor. Is it the same as, as past life transgression? No, 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 not nothing to do with that at all. This is this very moment in your life energy is flowing through you as we sit and talk to me, talking over across this table. That energy has the power to heal you, should you want it to heal you, should you learn how to use it. That's all I do. I just show you how to use what you already had, you've always had from the day you were born. How do I claim it, that energy? It's there in the cosmos. For example, there is a, an energy that binds a leaf of, to the branch of the tree. As that energy fades, the leaf drops away. That same energy, you can use it to fix a broken bone. It's like a glue. There's an energy that opens the flower in the morning. We use that energy to, op to dilate the air passages for asthma patients. So there's an energy for everything. We just have to use it. Tell me how we find, uh, well, how harness that energy, because you say it's there, but how do we bring it to ourselves for that healing? It's just a simple command. You know, we're all brought up to be very polite, good, decent people. Mm -hmm. But this energy follows specific 
direct commands. We just command it to do whatever, what you want it to do and it will do it for you. It will do your bidding. It's there for you to use. Okay, give me an example of the command. Well, I would tell, uh, if a person's bone is broken, I would take the energy which from, the, from the leaf, which is binding it to the tree, and say, go there, fix that broken bone, and do it now. That's a <laughs> and it happens. It works. And did now. I mean, it's a serious yeah, command. That. Absolutely. So, but you would have to connect it to something live, no. like a leaf? No, you just command it. It's flowing free in nature. You say the energy that which binds the leaf to the tree, come now and fix a broken bone or to f- repair this torn muscle. Do it now. And it's just a simple, basic, direct command. And how many times do you have to do this? Well, it depends on the ailment mm-hmm. and how long you've had the ailment and most importantly how it, on the receptivity of the uh, patient. Some patients are very cynical, skeptical, so it takes longer. But people who are open to the healing, it works much faster. Which is why animals and babies are very, very easy to heal because they, they don't have any mental blocks. Mm-hmm. So, so how much training does one need to have to, to, to be able to have a clear mind and, and receive, be, you know, receive openly and truthfully and also give that command uh, in, a, in a clear and direct manner? Because I, I want to believe that it will take time to practice and achieve uh, the, the, the sense of, of uh, acceptance. Absolutely. It takes a very, very long time, Shadow. It takes all of eight hours. <laughs> and what are you doing during these eight hours? Just learning how to command the energy and watch energies do what tasks. That's all. Patrick, um, you giving talks this weekend, um, what should people uh, be ready for? I mean, you're telling me this, and I think there's still more, but I suppose we have to spend a lot more time going through the eight hours and what ought to happen. Does it have anything to do with meditation at some point? Well, meditation is one way of cleansing yourself and calming yourself and preparing yourself to receive the energy and not contaminating it when you hand it over to your patient. It's like As a healer. Yes, as a healer, because you see, when you put clear water in a dirty pipe, you get dirty water at the end of it. Mm. So what we are, as healers, we are merely conduits of the energy. So the, as the purer we are, the purer the energy and less uncontaminated the energy is when it gets to the patient. So that's what it's all about. It's, it's about purity. What, what about the recipient? Do they also have to clear their minds to receive? Well, it helps, but we, clear the, we, we sort of wash the patient before they start <laughs> with energy. Okay. Yeah. So they, they don't necessarily need to go through a, a cleansing process. Yes. Okay. So that's, that's you, healer, to, to, to me as, as the patient. But um, what happens to me then if I want to continue when you're not there, continue the reception, for instance, if you've healed me for today or you've started the healing process but it's not completely done. So I need to be doing something in the meantime, to continue to the healed stage. Yeah, you see, we like the, the, heal, the patient to participate in the healing. So I, I ask the patients to contact me. And today with the electronic media, with email, WhatsApp, whatever, it's so easy to keep in touch with me. Just send me a message and ask for the healing and you shall get it. That's do you do healing over the phone? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> I receive about 600 calls a day doing healing, about 5,000 emails and about 2,500 WhatsApp and text messages. But do you remember who you're talking to at all times, what ailment they had, or doesn't matter? If somebody's asking for your healing, it's like your magic wand happens. It does happen like that, but I do remember because I care. Mm-hmm. It's the caring factor that makes you want to remember. I've met patients who I haven't seen in 10 or 11 years and I still remember their ailments. And they themselves have forgotten half the ailments which I feel of theirs. And when I remind them, they say, how do you remember? I said, because I care. It's just about caring. Can you heal yourself? You will not need to heal yourself. You can heal yourself, but you will not need to because as energy flows through you, it heals you. You know, if you take a block of salt and you make a hole in it and allow water to flow, what happens? Eventually, there's no more salt, only water. Mm-hmm. When energy flows through you and time and time and again, there's no more you. You're, you're just pure, vibrant energy. And it's that caring that brings you to South Africa over and over again because you, you run very serious projects that are, are, are contributing to lifting the lives of, of communities. 
Shadow, I want to correct you there. They're not serious projects. I don't do anything which is serious. So. <laughs> okay. We take them seriously because they're changing people's lives. But they're not serious to you. You're just doing what you have to do. Yes, and having a lot of fun while doing it. Okay. Now, t- tell us about um, the, the ones, there's the, 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 the a bottle, plastic bottle um, um, thing that you do with people filling bottles with sand. What do you call that? I call it my pet bottle project. PET, which mm-hmm. is the, 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 the kind of plastic which you make the bottles out of. We just fill it with mud and put the cap on back and you have a brick that doesn't go away. And we use them as bricks to build. It's my, it is my pet pet project. <laughs> and it really works. And in fact, um, just to divert from what we're talking about, we have done the earthquake testing for this project and it stands up to 9.8 on the Richter scale. And so we're building these same homes now in Nepal, where they just had this, this tremendous earthquakes you've heard about. When we're rebuilding Nepal with our my pet bottles mm. and uh, getting people homes, I'm hoping to have at least four to five hundred homes ready before the winter. Well, you know, and, and this is what is exciting for me, uh, in learning about your pet project, is that um, you've gone into very needy places in South Africa. You're in Alexandra, you're in Philippi here in the Western Cape. You're going to, to the Eastern Cape also doing the same thing. Um, and you want everything, uh, I suppose, not you want, but, you know, it would help if, if these, these projects are complete before uh, serious winter sets in. Um, but again, going back to volunteers, and you say you, you, you ask people who you've healed to volunteer, but what about those people that haven't had an exchange with you, or the healing exchange? How do we get them to participate and uh, appreciate that you know, th- this, is, this is benefiting them? You see, it, it goes from word, word of mouth. When people talk about what's been done, and this, a lot of people say, hey, I can do that. I'm an engineer. I can help you. Hey, I ha- I've got a cement uh, shop. I can help and maybe give, donate, donate some cement. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just word of mouth. But I don't believe too much in advertising mm-hmm. because um, there's always a skeptical line to advertising. You know, what, what do they want from us? Why the advertising? But it's just word of mouth and people experience what's happening, the beauty of what's happening and the impact you're having on people's lives. And it grows. Mahila from Goa is in the studio with me. And I'm going to tell you where you can meet him around uh, the Western Cape. But I know he's also going around the country doing um, workshops, healing and, and, of course, meditations. How, what's your day like, Patrick? I'd like to just imagine what you do uh, when you're not running around different countries and flying. How, what's your day like? You wake up in the morning and what? Well, I wake up in the, in the morning and it's usually very early because I've got these thousands of emails to attend to. And I'll probably sleep for like two to maximum three hours a day. And I wake up early morning, do my email healing, my text message healing. Then I usually fly to some city or the other and do healing there. And then it's a workshop or a talk. And then maybe if I'm in India, for example, I try to do two cities a day, one city in the morning and one city in the evening. When I'm out of the country, maybe it's not possible, so I do a city a day. But it's talks, workshops, healing, talks, workshops, healing, projects, and that's all it is. What do you wake up and eat in the morning? I don't eat anything in the morning. I think eating is probably is most a waste of time. So how do you survive? I do eat a meal now and then. I do feel hungry. Like yesterday I had a sandwich. How often do you eat, do you know? Whenever I'm hungry. There's no fixed time. See, the key to healthy living is eat when you're hungry, sleep when you're tired, wake up when you're fresh. What do you drink? Water? Water, Coca-Cola, black coffee, cognac. Oh, oh. (laughs) now there's a surprise. (laughs) There's a surprise. In fact, I expected you to say I drink nothing. (laughs) So so you, you actually have a normal life. Absolutely, I am a normal guy, Shadow. I don't know. You know, when you hear somebody's a healer, then you think... Oh my goodness, then there's something special, you know, that they do. Your hair, you wear very long hair. Does it carry any healing powers? No, it doesn't carry. (laughs) The only reason I do it is because my wife likes me with long hair, so I keep it long. Oh, okay. Personally, I think it's a nuisance. Oh, okay. So there's no no special powers in your own. Let's talk about the meditations that you're going to give. Uh, I know that... uh, Tomorrow you have a full moon meditation and a lot of young people are very excited because they happen quite a lot at, uh, at Cam's Bay. But um, what, what, do, what must people expect and what do you expect them to bring to you? They just have to come with an open mind and what I will do for them is create for them a bubble of divine energy which they can stay in as long as they like. 
And the moment they have negative thoughts or negative feelings, the bubble bursts. So as long as they stay in that, they are actually Ooh. living in heaven. It's, you'll get a taste of what heaven feels like. I create this little bubble around each of them, which is pure divine energy. And it, it wards off any kind of uh, evil or negative, negative stimuli. And it's so pure, it's so beautiful. And it's theirs to keep as long as they wish to keep it. Okay, so they can take it away with them. Yes, for a small fee. The fee is a smile. <laughs> and the fee is not to have negative thoughts. So yes, that it doesn't, it doesn't burst the, the bubble. Yes. Okay, so <laughs> I, I, I'm going to test you now because I think whoever's listening is thinking, Shadow, this guy said he could heal through the phone and, and through... So maybe let's do just a healing right now in the studio with whoever's listening. Okay. And um, if they're driving, please don't don't do this. Please just go on the side of the road and just do it wherever it is that you're safe. Because I'm going to ask for us to be kept in this bubble. Does it need the moon, by the way? No, it needs nothing but just your smile. Okay, I'm smiling from ear to ear. So can <laughs> And look at you smile. Okay, so can we do this? Uh, what do we need to do? Just be relaxed and I'll close your eyes and I'll do the healing. We need you to say something. Inhale peace. Exhale peaceful vibrations. Inhale peace. Exhale peaceful vibrations. Inhale peace, exhale peaceful vibrations, be still, I'm creating the bubble, it's closing beneath your feet, inhale peace, exhale peaceful vibrations, And you are in the bubble. Open your eyes with a smile. So that's what it is. You're in this bubble, this divine bubble of peace. And does it protect me from anything? It protects you from a lot of things that would normally trouble you, annoy you, irritate you. If I think I've lost the bubble, can I gain it back by doing what you've just... Yes. So I can inhale peace and exhale peaceful, peaceful vibrations. Yes. Um... And the bubble will come and... It will come and form around you. Hmm. Okay, this is what people are expecting tomorrow at the meditation. And the energy healing workshop, how does that work? I just show you what energies are around you and what, en what you can do with them and how to use them. Uh, surround me, uh, uh, energies around me where? Everywhere? In the cosmos, all around, in nature. Doing, each one is doing a specific task. So just how to harness that energy and use it. How to command it and make just it... Just give us a few... As I told you, there's one energy that binds the leaf to the tree. Mm -hmm. There's another energy that opens a flower. There's another energy that has a cleansing uh, uh, quality. Another one that has a, a property to disintegrate and break things. So you can break up kidney stones. You can break up gallbladder stones. Oh, which one is that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, and there's that one. And so how many are there? Well, there are, there are many energies in mm. form, forms of uh, celestial sounds, celestial colors. But I t normally teach people the celestial colors, which are like eight energies, and uh, what they can do. And it, you can do almost anything with the human body with those eight energies. Mm. Talking about color, is there a color that would calm you again? I mean, any time you're troubled, any time you, you feel you can't handle the world, and everything is, you know, my bubble is gone, and I can't get my bubble back. Is there a color that works, that one can run to when, when times are tough? Well, the easiest thing to do is use the... There are two colors. Uh, we, we, one which cleans out the negative energy in your solar plexus, mm -hmm. and two is one which energizes the solar plexus. One is... Uh, I call it Granny Smith Green, the nice apple. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the other one is Electric Violet, the kind of color you would see when you're welding metal to metal. Oh, wow. That strobe-like effect, mm -hmm. that's the color. And that energizes your solar plexus, which is below your breastbone, mm -hmm. with that color, and you feel instant peace. I, I 
think, you know, a lot of us haven't felt peace in such a long time that we don't know what it feels like to feel yes. peace. Because we have lost the concept of peace. True peace is not quiet. True peace is harmonizing, fitting in. If I walk in with my hands folded into a discotheque, I'm disturbing the peace of the discotheque. I walk in dancing. I fit in. Ah. So true peace is to harmonize. Ah. <laughs> Listen, it's always such a pleasure talking to you, Patrick. I hope to see you at the meditation tomorrow. I'm going to come through. But let me tell you what's going on. Uh, if you want to volunteer, firstly, it's uh, the email address is volunteer at Samapan Foundation. S-A-M-A-R-P-A-N foundation.org Please do become part of that bigger picture um, and all important work and uh, although, you know, Philip, uh, uh, Patrick says he's, he's just enjoying it but it's all important really. Then tomorrow, June 5 at 6 to 8.30 uh, live full moon meditation and it begins at 7 p.m. at Novales Ubuntu Institute which is at 39 Rosmead Avenue in Weinberg and on Saturday the 6th, 8.30 to 6 Energy Healing Workshop, also at Nevada Ubuntu, which is in 39 Rosemead Avenue. And then Sunday, Conversations with Patrick on the topic of attachment. And open healing will take place from 11 to 12, followed by the live stream Q&A beginning promptly at 12 midday, also at Nevada Ubuntu. And then finally, open community healing in Langa at Love Life Modern Obesity Recreation Center at Rose Innes Road. Thank you so much for joining us. And, and Thank I'll you, Cheryl. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, welcome. It is now time for SAFM News Headlines with Utsilis. Zodwa Mukwene. Zodwa. Hello. Thank you, Shadow. In your headlines, police in Ghana have cordoned off a petrol station in the capital, Accra, and are still trying to establish the number of victims of a fire that took place last night. The bail application for murder accused Christopher Panayatu has been postponed until tomorrow in the Port Elizabeth Magistrates Court. And respected sports science professor Dr. Tim Noakes, who's a supporter of the low-carb banting diet, has been hauled before the Health Professions Council in Cape Town regarding his offering of dietary advice on Twitter to a mother of a baby. For SFM News, I'm Zodra Mugwena. Mamusimani, betelepili, rosi la kaino kaisesi yesu. Mamusimani, betelepili, rosi la kaino kaisesi yesu. Mamusimani, betelepili, rosi la kaino kaisesi yesu. Ridikile.
the voice of Dolly Ratebe with the lead swingsters then why are we playing this well remembering Dolly Ratebe how South African youth uses school assignment to trace and support heritage and nation building and I'm joined here by Vanessa Perma whose mother to Tanita Harilal, grade 12 learner at Parktown School for Girls, was so inspired by Dolly Rateba's life, and she's also, um, you know, that, and that prompted this project. Hello, Vanessa. Hi, Shadow. How are you? You must be a proud mother. Listen, darling, I'm a proud, I'm, I'm a frustrated mum, <laughs> more than a proud mum, because my daughter did not know who Dolly Rateba was, and she didn't really want to do the assignment on her. She wanted to choose Brenda Fassi or Leva Motosa mm. or Sarah Bartman. There was a school assignment, a matric school assignment, to choose a maverick and s- produce content around it mm. and actually say, how would you put a memory, a memorial to the uh, to this um, maverick that you choose? Mm. And she said, Mom, I'm not doing Dolly Ratebe. I said, you are doing, I'm going to help you, I promise. And she said, promise? And I said, yes, I will. And so that's the assignment we chose for history. I think Parkdown High School for Girls has been doing this as a project at school year and year. Just have, you know, I don't think any of the other mums were passionate about heritage and legacy like Tanya's mm-hmm. mum. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the idea was born. What's really nice is nobody even knew that it's my daughter until today people are picking it up. <laughs> I also I also didn't know because you carry different <laughs> surnames. Yeah. So when I said possibilities can do, and so when I promised to help, I made the initial call to Mum Abigail Kubeka, and Mum Abigail said, "I'm I'm acting on generations, darling. I can't talk to you now." Mm. Then she phoned me back. She says, "Did you say your daughter has to build a memory, uh, a memorial?" Mm. So I said, "Yes, Mum Abigail." She says, my darling Vanny, you know, then I knew I, I'm in trouble. That's number one. <laughs> Two, she says, you know, Uncle John and I and, and you, we've been talking about this for years. We feel so bad. Dolly Ratebe does not have a tombstone. Wow. I said, hell no. Wow. She said, yes. I said, but Mom, Mom, Mom Abigail, it's only about 20 or 30,000. JT comes will sponsor the PR let me try to see what we can do, and let's see if Janita can go. But as a mom, I needed to be responsible because it was a school assignment. Yes. It's a matric year. Yes. And I also needed to be honorable to make sure that my daughter does, she walks the talk. Mm, mm. So then she got, so Janita then through Mom Abigail. Oh, and then Mom Abigail says, you know, Nelson gave her a car. Nelson turns out to be Nelson Mandela. <laughs> Holy me, she says. <laughs> and she says, but you know, Don's got something. Don happens to be Don Matera. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you will perform. <laughs> you, you, Masikela. Mm-hmm. And did you phone Dorothy? Dorothy's Dorothy <laughs> So I'm thinking, oh, how these people, I just cannot get away from this group of people. And that's how the idea was born. And Tainita went to meet in Siki and Dura and Sepo, and they were really reluctant to meet with us first because, you know, they was, you know, it's very difficult to deal with heritage in South Africa. Mm. Number one is because of exploitation and royalties and who gets what. Of course. And that kind of narrative. And so, two, it was like the elders opening the door up. Mm. So, so Insiki then called Mom Abigail. Mom Abigail came out of rehearsal. Tainita was introduced. And at that point, it's when the family then just became so involved. They took out all her, her um, paraphernalia that they've had of their mom, photos on the walls. Uh, we went in to see where she lived, how she lived, uh, you know, and things that I didn't know about Dolly Ratebe. You know, because I started JTCOMS the year mom, uh, Dolly Ratebe died, so I know so little of her legacy. Well, um, you know, yeah. I, I know, I know she, she was in Jim Comes to Joburg, the movie, because she acted ne- next to my dad. And this is why I got very excited. Wow. Yes. <laughs> she was a model at that time. Yes. And she's so beautiful and she was the first on the cover of Trump. Yes. And, and so apparently, I haven't even spoken to Sibongile Kumalo. Oh, wow. Because apparently when Trump gave, uh, awarded a photo, Sibongile Kumalo's got it. And the daughter asked me, can I please bring it back to Mabopani? So can you understand how the gaps, in, if, if the family don't have the heritage together, 
how will we as South Africans pull it together? Listen, you've opened up a can of worms because there is <laughs> so much more that you will find from other people. But I'm happy to see that Jürgen Schaderberg, you know, who, who is also... They contacted us and Claudia has contacted us. Mm-hmm. She said, I'll give you a photo. If you can find me a sponsor on Dolly Rakebe Drive, I will then get the photo and we will hang it up on the wall and you can have that for free. So, so there's a combination of things. So that was the one conversation. Two, obviously, JT Communications is a uh, leading co- communications company, so my, the might of our company is behind the project. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And three, we need to be cognizant of the school governing body and the school and the PTA and the principal. You know, we wanted to really fundraise for the Math and Science Center at Parkdown Girls. And so they had those considerations. And Jessica, Jessica Mangani saw this uh, tweet and she said, I'll do a concert for free. Wow. Then Dan, I was working on a project with the Cape Town Jazz. He said to me, do you know I've got, the f- I've got unrecorded music just before Dolly passed away. She did in Jello Jello and I've got it. It's not just recording. I'll donate it. And the jazz uh, orchestra would perform the new notes. So people have been responding. Latabo, who's doing my daughter's Bitsuit dance dress, was with us and she was so inspired and she took the photo that uh, Insiki Dura gave us. She said, you know, if you have a photo, this is the photo I would like for the uh, tombstone. So, Vanessa, and, Vanessa, yeah. Vanessa, I know it's huge. How can we help? What can we do to assist so, you? So, right now, number one, you know, there's another interview with Tenita and Seppo right now on another channel. It's actually in 24 hours. It's the first interview that the two of them are together. Seppo, just call me. So, we just want to make sure, firstly, that we've got the donation for the, for the tombstone. That's number one. How do people donate? We've given that. And so if people are listening, if you can get in touch with us, if we got that first part, then we can start collating the narrative around it. There's someone, for instance, that I'll donate all the flowers. Okay. Uh, Abigail said, let's do a concert at the memorial. Obviously, we need to now work with Tsepo uh, Siki okay. because it's a family matter. I'm bringing you back in. How do we, is your website carrying all the information? There's a Facebook page, and Tainita's at Tainita 101. It's her project. It's a school project. Uh, there's a Facebook page uh, called Dolly Ratebe, inspired by Tainita Harilau. And that's where you can find her. Obviously, JT Communications, or you follow at Vanessa Perumau. Okay. But, but this is part of a, a bigger project. I know, so darling. I know. We, we've, we've just run out yeah. of time for now, but I'm going to get you when the tombstone and monies are in. I know there's a lot more that needs to happen, so we'll and talk you about... you can come in and talk about your dad's narrative at the same time. <laughs> no, and I used to spend a lot of time with her and Miriam Makeba as well, under a tree at Miriam's house. So I'll tell you a lot of other things. But for now, thank you so much for talking to us. And well thank done you, to Tanita. Very proud of her. Thank you, darling. Thank you. I'll tell her. Thank Thanks, you. Vanessa. Thank you. Bye. Remembering Dolly Rateva. Beautiful. Vanessa sounds so enthusiastic. And this is the kind of energy we need. Go to that Facebook page, Dolly Rateva and uh, Tanita. It's spelled T-A-Y-N-I-T-A. Harilal, H-A-R-I-L-A-A. H-A-R-I-L-A-L. Tongue twister there. we back after this, talking about the morning pages. On the 2nd to the 12th of July, SAFM will be broadcasting live from South Africa's creative capital as the Grahamstown National Arts Festival returns to delight, dazzle and amaze the country once more. Theatre, dance, jazz, comedy, classical music, film and everything in between. The program is the finest South Africa has to offer. So round up the family, bring some friends or come alone and make some new ones. Just make sure you're in Grahamstown from the 2nd of July. Book now at nationalartsfestival.co.za. The SABC has signed a code of conduct that is enforced by the Broadcasting Complaints Commission of South Africa. Under the code, we are committed to giving news that is accurate, comment that's fair, and programming that is not harmful, does not amount to hate speech or violence or explicit sex. If you think we are not living up to that code, then you can inform the Broadcasting Complaints Commission of South Africa. Direct any complaints in writing to the BCCSA, PO Box 412-365, Craig Hall 2024. That's the BCCSA, PO Box 412-365, Craig Hall 2024. Send a fax to 011-326-3198 
or an email to bccsa at nabsa.co.za. For more information, please visit bccsa.co.za. Otherwise, on SAFM. Now, I've just woken up to morning pages, so to speak, and I I found them very interesting, and I thought, why has this been a best-kept secret? Well, I've invited Catherine Eden, who gives creative and journal writing courses and workshops, to join us and just unpack what Julia Cameron, who's the author of The Artist's Way, means by morning pages. Hello, Cathy. How are you? Hello. Hello, Shada. I'm very well. Thank you. Did you do your three pages this morning? Um, no, but I taught a class this morning to tell people how to do it. <laughs> that has to count. No, that, that does count. At least you engage with it at some level. I write every day. I don't always do it first thing in the morning, although Julia recommends it for good reason. Um, but, you know, not everybody can manage the three pages in the morning. Um, so I always tell people, as long as you find some point in the day to write something, it's still a beneficial process, but there are reasons for doing it in the morning, and I, I'm assuming that's what you want to know about. Well, Catherine, let's just go back a bit, and just for people that don't know what we're talking about, morning pages, what, what, what are they? Is there a right way and wrong way of doing it? Because as you wake up in the morning, before anything else, as I understand it, yes. pen and paper, because it has to be done. It can't be on your cell phone. It must be by hand. It must be by hand, yes. long hand, pen and paper, and then you start writing what? Yes. Okay. So the idea is that um, any kind of journal writing is a therapeutic process. It's a way to get in touch with what we're feeling, what we're thinking. The idea about doing it in the morning is that when you wake, the subconscious material is closer to the surface, and you're more likely to write something that is interesting or free of that critical voice that says, I should be writing this, I should be writing that. Mm. Whereas if you write later in the evening, it tends to be more a list of what you've done during the day, Mm. which is not really as beneficial um, because we've got such a strong critical voice that says, you know, you've got to think of something, you've got to have a topic, you've got to think of the right thing to write. Whereas if you just allow yourself to write freely first thing in the morning, you tend to enter your mind whatever happens to be there. It's, a, it's an open-ended, free process. Mm. Um, and the idea is that from that might emerge some insights. Um, it's a sort of a, a, an, an exercise. Um, it exercises your writing muscle. It, it empties your mind of whatever it is might be sitting there so that you can then free yourself to start your day. And it doesn't have to make sense, does it? Not at all, not at all. Um, you know, the, the, the thing about journaling as opposed to creative writing is that it is a stream of consciousness process and it's not your final definitive take on a topic. So it, is, it allows you to process your thoughts and emotions and hopefully through that you become aware of certain sticking points. Um, you might become aware of certain patterns that, that you need to shift or certain habitual ways of being. You might recognize that you're constantly complaining about the same thing. Mm. And eventually you get so bored of, you're bored with seeing what you are, uh, you know, you're bored of writing the same thing. You you begin to think, well, actually, I need to shift this pattern. What Mm. am I going to do about it? When Mm. am I going to stop this? Um, And you start shifting your responses. You find perhaps healthier ways of dealing with things. You develop some insights. It might also simply be a gratitude thing. It doesn't have to be looking for negative uh, mm. patterns. Mm. And, of course, nobody else has to read it. Nobody else. The two things, that there are no rules, but having said there are no rules, there are two recommendations. And the one is that you should always write by hand mm. because it is a, it's a more natural process. You're less likely to edit yourself. If you're writing on a computer, you can hit the, the delete button. Um, but it also has to be private because if you think that anybody else is going to read your work, you're going to start editing yourself. Yes, yes. Um, And then it it loses its beneficial value. And it it really does have beneficial values. The person who's most often quoted is a professor, Pennebaker, from Austin University in Texas, and he's done some sort of quite um, 
reputable research on on the power of writing down your thoughts and feelings. Mm. And he's found that it's particularly beneficial for men because men tend to have fewer outlets for emotional expression. The women will sit together and talk about how they're feeling, but mm. the men have grown up with this big boys don't cry thing. And so for men in particular, um, it has it has beneficial effects. And they did studies to show that if you get into a regular habit of writing down what you're thinking, you're going to have fewer visits to doctors, it boosts the immune system, you produce more T-cells. There are all sorts of things that happen. And I, I think it's, well, I've done it for 20 years almost every day. So um, it, it becomes a way, particularly for people who live alone, who don't have their lives witnessed, it becomes a very useful measure to write write down your life, to tell your story, tell your thoughts to a book, um, and process your life. Kathy, thank you firstly for coming in at such short notice, but no, also also thank you for just opening that, 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 that can for us. Mm. I'm hoping that we will talk to you again because I'm, I'm interested in, in more on journaling yes. as, as opposed to creative writing, and I think you can put that into context for us. Yes. So we will invite you again, Kathy. But in the meantime, can we give your email, your, your website address? Yes, absolutely. It's www.kathyeden. It's Kathy with a C. Yes. .co.za. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Have a great writing morning tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. It's www.kathyeden.co.za. It's helping me. I hope it can help you. Find a pen, three pages a morning, and I tell you, let me know how you feel after that. It's time for Shop Shop. Shop Shop Children's Program on SAFM with Leon Fisser. And it is shop shop, it's shop shop from the Hello everyone, goodness gracious, just listen to all those birds. Oh yes. Birds can tweet and twitter and hoot and shriek <laughs> and caw and cluck and whistle and honk and sing songs and even talk. <laughs> and today, yes, we are talking about birds and we will be telling you some super awesome facts about birds. Ah, the <laughs> wonderful world of birds. You know, there are so very many birds in this wonderful world of ours, and they are all so different. Oh, and the best thing about birds is that they can fly. Oh, I love to watch the seagulls soaring over the sea. Oh, I wish I had wings like them. But did you know, there are also birds that can't fly, like ostriches and penguins. That's true. And birds come in all colors and sizes. There are teeny tiny birds like the little bee hummingbird whose body is less than three centimeter long. And that's smaller than your little finger. Smaller even than some insects, Gogo. Hmm. And then there are birds that are huge like the albatross or the African cory bastard that has a wingspan of almost three meters. The biggest bird of all is the ostrich. But ostriches cannot fly. They are land birds. Yes, the poor old ostriches. It's a bird, but it's just too heavy to fly. And did you know that a male ostrich can weigh up to 156 kilograms? And did you know, Gogol, if he was standing in this room right now, he'd be almost as tall as the ceiling. Shoo! The ostrich makes up for not being able to fly in other ways. Those long legs make him very, very fast, even faster than a horse. Yeah, boo. You don't want to be chased by an ostrich, <laughs> believe me. Yeah. Those long, strong legs can kick. Yes, and it also lays the biggest eggs of all the birds. I love ostrich eggs. They are very big. But that's another thing that makes birds different to us mammals. All birds lay eggs, don't they? Yes, but actually the easiest way to find out if something is a bird or not is to see if it has feathers, Gogo. No other creatures in the world have feathers. Even a swimming bird, like the penguin, has 
feathers. Yes, just like ostriches, penguins can't fly, but they can swim very fast and very well because they use their wings as flippers, so they can move very, very fast underwater. There's something else that all birds have, and that's beaks. A bird doesn't just have a mouth like we do; they have a pointy beak to help them eat their food. And beaks come in all different shapes and sizes, depending on what they use for and what the bird eats. Seed eaters, for example, have short, strong beaks to help them open up hard seeds. Yebo and ducks, you know, have a wide, flat bill for skinning food off the top of the water in a dam or a river. Oh, and little sunbirds and hummingbirds have long, thin beaks that work almost like a straw, you know, to help them suck up nectar from deep inside their flowers. Yeah, birds are pretty remarkable. But for me, the most remarkable thing is still the fact that they can fly. Do you know what allows them to fly, Gogo? You mean? Besides feathers and wings. Yes, well, even the strongest wings couldn't lift a bird if it was too heavy. So here's the brilliant bit of design. Their little bones are actually hollow inside. Oh, really? Yes. This makes them light enough to be carried by the wind and fly with just the flap of their wings. So, Leon, their bones are not solid. All the way through. That's so cool. A bird's bones are hard on the outside, but inside they're empty, sure, completely hollow, and much lighter than ours. Ah, that's brilliant, brilliant. That's cool, eh? Hey? Okay, Gogo, let's have a quick quiz. Okay, I love quizzes. Okay, let's go. okay, okay. First question: What kind of bird can fly backwards but cannot walk? Yo. A bird that can fly backwards <laughs> but cannot walk—is there such a thing? Yes, there is. They are also the smallest birds that there are. Aha! Is it a hummingbird? Haha, <laughs> smarty, give me five. Well done, Gold. Shoo! Amazing. Okay, ready for the second question? Okay. <laughs> What kind of bird can carry messages from one place to another? Oh, I know, I know, I know, I oh. know this one. There's one on the window sill right now. Yes, that's right. There are lots of them in the cities. Pigeon. Hey, correct, Gogo. So, Leon, if I wanted to send you a little note, should I just go into my backyard and give it to one of the pigeons, and then he'll fly and deliver it to you? <laughs> that's funny, Gogo. Well, pigeons have to be. Specially trained to carry messages, they're called carrier pigeons or homing pigeons. Right. The third question: What is a bird's mouth called? Oh, we already mentioned it. Children, were you listening closely? What is a bird's mouth called? Ah, that's right. It is a beak or a bill. Wow, lots of smart people out there. Okay, now for the fourth question, and I'm sure our friends at home will know this one too. Go for it. Okay, what bird only comes out at night? It has big eyes and excellent hearing, and it goes. Here's a clue. Oh, oh, <laughs> that. Is our friend the wise old owl? Yes, very good. Yes, it is the wise old owl. Okay, the first and final question for today is: What is the most common bird on Earth? And it's the bird that gives us eggs for breakfast. <laughs> I love this bird because I love having eggs for breakfast. They put me in a clacking good mood, and they go pop 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 pop. It's a chicken. <laughs> It is, yes. Okay, that's five points for Mrs. Chicken. Ah, I mean Gogo Chicken. Ah, I mean Gogo Sandy. And five points to all of you out there who know your birds inside out and upside down and front to back.
<laughs> thank you, Leon. <laughs> no, thank you for being so sharp, sharp. Well, now, Gogo, when I was a boy, I used to collect bird feathers, all different kinds of feathers from everywhere I went. My favorite was a beautiful, long, shiny green and blue and gold feather. Ah, I know where that comes from. It's a peacock feather. <laughs> That's it. Male peacocks have the most beautiful tail feathers, and they can spread them out like a great big fan. The females are called peahens, and they are far plainer, just a sort of greyish brown. And they don't have any of those brightly coloured feathers. Hmm. You see that with many birds, you know. The girls are the plain Janes, while the boys show are brightly coloured. Little show-offs. That's true, and Gogo, do you know why that is? It's because the boys need to attract attention to find a mate. Oh yes. And to do that, they need brightly coloured feathers, or at least a very good song. Many birds have very complex, beautiful calls that all sounds completely different. Gogo, just think of.